Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, and with us right now, we've got Eric Zimmer. Eric, you are the founder of the One You Feed and the host of the One You Feed podcast, uh, which has been around for a little while. You, you've, you've amassed a, quite a library of episodes over the past, it's getting on seven years. Yeah, we just crossed our six-year our six year birthday was in January. Yeah. So, but wow. yeah, we started recording them. Yeah. We, before we'll blink and it'll be seven. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. um, how did you get into, you know, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, something like six years ago, you're kind of a pioneer in the podcasting world, but say la vie, it is, you are. Uh, so what led you to get into podcasting? It's funny, at the time I was debating, like, am I too late? Am I too late? <laughs> Same. Um, so, um, well, I had, I had uh, started a solar energy company, and that was kind of my passion and what I was doing. And due to a series of changes in laws in Ohio, that was no longer really a viable interest. And so I kind of shut that down. But as I was doing it, I started looking at, like, could I do some could I deliver some online training for solar energy courses? Mm -hmm. uh, we were very, our specialty was developing really large, complex financial projects for solar energy. And I thought, well, that's a unique space. I could teach that. So that led me to start investigating online marketing. Like, how would I do that? That which then led me to podcasts. And I eventually decided I didn't want to do that. I shut the solar energy company down, but then I was just kind of bored. I was doing consulting work for a couple large corporations, but I was just sort of had nothing really driving me. And so the, the idea for the podcast just kind of came to me like, oh, I could do a podcast. I could name it this. I could interview people about, about this. And I could ask my best friend who's an audio engineer. And so we just kind of like the next day I met with him. I was like, you want to do this? And he said, yeah. And so we just kind of started. Um, which has kind of always been a little bit of my nature is I just sort of see something. If I'm interested, I just kind of, I, I, I don't think about things a ton. I just sort of start them, which I think is a useful yeah. bias a lot of the time. Uh, again, I'm not like, I didn't then go spend $100,000 on podcasting equipment, right? I mean, you know, small risks, right? Small bets. Uh, so for someone who's not familiar with the podcast, it's, it's not a, a podcast about eating or a diet. Yep. Uh, explain the premise behind the one you feed. Yeah, there's an old parable out there that says uh, you know, that we all, there's a grandfather, he's talking with his grandson, he says, in life, we all have two wolves inside of us that are always at battle. You know, one's a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. And the other's a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And then the grandson stops and thinks about it. And he looks up at his grandfather and says, well, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So that's the parable that the podcast is based on, right? I mean, it basically, you know, it's pretty, you hear it. It's why it's a good parable. And you immediately go, oh yeah, what I, what I choose to do, my choices, my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors, those all really matter. They make a real difference in life. And so the podcast is, the subtitle for it is practical, practical wisdom for a better life. 
Yeah. And yep. Eric, did when you started the podcast, is it primarily interview based or did you feel like you had enough content to kind of go out there and say, hey, look, I'm ready to become the teacher? It's it, well, it was it's always been primarily interview based, but I have done many episodes and I've done them since very early on, which is just me talking for five or 10 minutes. You know, at the age of 24, I was a homeless heroin addict. So um, wow. I've got lots of years of recovery, lots of years of working on different things. So yeah, I felt like I had something to say and a point of view, but the, the, the show has really been largely a platform for bringing together thought leaders and exposing their ideas in a way that can help listeners really just live a better life, whatever that means to them. Well, one thing we definitely want to, we're going to, I want to go back and talk about the podcast a little bit more, um, but I, I, I want to let our listeners know that, that because of your podcast, you've been able to build a very successful, very well thriving coaching um, program or a, a coaching business. Can you kind of talk about the business of, of what you've created and, and how the podcast led you to that? Yeah, it's so I did the podcast for a while and then I occasionally had people say like, do you ever do any work with people one-on-one? Do you ever do any coaching or leading or mentoring? And early on I said, no, it's not really what I do. Um, and then eventually I said, well, sure, I'll try it. And um, started doing a little bit of coaching and realized right away that A, I loved it. I realized that B, I had done it so many times in 12-step in recovery, which is where I was. There's an idea mm-hmm. of a sponsor. I'd sponsored hundreds of people. And so, so you know, I realized right away that I, I, I loved doing it. I had done it before and that I actually thought, you know, I was pretty good at it. And so, yeah, that, that sort of started. Now, I did the podcast for, we talked about crossing our six-year anniversary. The first four years I did the show, I did that, the show and the coaching, while I held another full-time consulting role. So, it's been, it's been coming up on two years that we've been doing it full-time. And so, but the podcast definitely, you know, that's where my best coaching clients come from. We've tried oh, yeah. like lots of entrepreneurs. We're out there, you know, you hear about Facebook ads and YouTube ads. Right. And, and I've just, I've explored all that, but I found that far and away, we do a lot better by just using the people who are listening to the show, driving them to become clients. So we have changed all our marketing efforts and we are primarily focused on how do we take the people who know me and like me because they listen to the show how to make them coaching clients. And then outside marketing then is how do we get people into the podcast, right? How do we get people into the podcast that then they can become coaching clients. Um, we also deliver workshops, you know, both in a corporate and um, in a wellness sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it be within corporations or at wellness centers like Omega and other places. And Eric, what does coaching look like um, when somebody engages with you? Um, what, what's the process? I mean, generally, what is the investment? And, and I, what would be the, the hope for the outcome? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so up till now, I've done what I would primarily consider behavior change coaching, which is essentially you've got some behavior you want to change in life and you're just not successful in changing it. That could be anything from eating well, exercising, building a meditation practice, spending enough time on your business, um, communication. But it's been primarily around behavior change. And, and the people who come to me are people who've, who are generally pretty successful at changing things. But for whatever reason, they can't change this thing or that thing. They're just they're struggling. And so I structure it as a six-month program. We talk every day. Let me rephrase that. No, we talk every week, but we do email every day about their goals, how they're coming, and we focus on 
making small changes that build into really large changes. So it's a six-month program. The investment, that, that's the standard program. It changes. The investment really depends, but you know, it's a few thousand dollars usually per, per client, depending on where they're at and how long we work together and how intensely. And, and what typically are they coming to you for? What is that? Where does it hurt in their life? What are the, what's the problem they want to solve? Um, you know, on the surface level, it's that they're unable to make a change to a behavior. So let's say they, they launched a new business, but they're not putting enough time in on it. Mm-hmm. I've helped people finish novels. You know, I've helped novelists who were used to write and can't write, and we've gotten them started again. I've helped people finish dissertations, launch businesses. Again, some of it's exercise, eating well, all that. So they may know what to do. They've been to a trainer enough times. They may know what to eat, but they just don't do it. So that's the surface. At a deeper level, though, I think what I really work with people on is when we keep saying to ourselves, I want to do this, I want to do this, I should do this, and we don't do it, that internally sort of erodes our self-confidence, and it, it sort of makes us just feel bad about ourselves. So at a deeper level, what I'm trying to do is get people back in into integrity with themselves to make and keep promises to themselves. Um, and uh, well, you're going to love this question, but does it work? Yes. <laughs> well, not, I was hoping you'd say not, that. You're not, like, no, ah, geez, not, I've been at this not, thing for five years. I just can't get it to work. But <laughs> obviously not for everybody, right? It, sure. It's something like a, in a coaching business or a train, you know, training business or any of that, you know, the client has to bring a certain amount. But yes, I feel... I feel if I feel pretty confident in my abilities to get people to make change. And then we really focus on the reason I structure it for six months is because how do you keep it mm, going? Yeah. One thing to change it, how do you do it? So many of us have so many busy lives. It's up. It's, you know, our lives are just, they're, they're so full. So how do we keep it going through the seasons of life, the challenges, the kids that get sick, the vacations, the parents that aren't well, all the things that throw us off course. How do we sort of get back on course really quickly? Yeah. Um, so Eric, as a, uh, you know, if someone is, um, you know, they would like to help other people. Like they've, maybe they've been successful in business and they've learned some things mm-hmm. and they're really excited about kind of going down the coaching path. Um, why would you recommend, so there's two, two schools of thought, right? There's the, well, you're just one funnel away and you can set up a sales page and just throw, start throwing a bunch of Facebook traffic at it. Um, and again, we're talking 2020. We're not talking about five years ago. Right. Um, but today, uh, so someone could do that, uh, or they could really start serving audiences. You could tell my bias <laughs> if I haven't been transparent in that, and they can start giving away value and building a relationship. Uh, which would you advise? I, I think you've got to do the latter, right? It just, again, maybe maybe five years ago, one funnel away worked. Maybe one funnel away works if you've got a unique product. But if you're trying to coach people. That space is so stupid, loud, crazy, and busy that it's almost impossible to be heard in today's world. It's not impossible, but it's very hard to be heard. And so I think for somebody who's looking at going into coaching, got to spend a lot of time really thinking about like, what am I doing? Who am I delivering it to? And what about me, my unique experiences and my gifts makes me unique so that I actually have a chance of it's, a, you know, it's an online marketing word that I tend to dislike, but I've grown to believe in more, which is picking a niche. And the reason to pick a niche is so that I can speak to somebody. Yeah. You know, if I was to say, you know what, I help people who run 
online publicity companies, you know, improve their mental health, you would perk up. You go, wait a second. Right. <laughs> I run an online. Well, wait, that, that's me. me. <laughs> you know, and I might be able to be the best in the world at that. Mm-hmm. If I just say I help people with anxiety. Right. Well, the entire world. I mean, there are a million people who claim to be able to do that. So, you know. Um, but I think the way you described it, I would start, how do I start adding value? How do I start building relationships? How do I start having something to say? And, and most importantly, how do I start somehow, like you said, doing this thing that I want to do, even if it's in a really small way? How do I yeah. take some step forward? You know, that's the way I've approached all the solar energy company, the podcast, software startup companies, nonprofits I founded in the past. It's just how do I start somewhere and take a small step? One subject that you cover pretty frequently in your podcast are the topics of um, depression and anxiety, which kind of do flavors of, of, of a similar thing. But um, can we start off by talking about, and you'd mentioned this as well, uh, anxiety. Is it it seems like my impression, and, and maybe I just wasn't as aware you know, 20 years ago, but it's, it feels to me, and again, you know, we're all, uh, we all see the world the way we experience it, right? And yeah. so this could very well just be the world that I see, but I, I, it feels like anxiety is a little bit of an epidemic, yeah, I mean, well, certainly if we, th- these are interesting questions that are debated a lot in the mental health space. And certainly if we just look at prescriptions for anxiety, doctor visits for anxiety, all that, yes, mm. it's spiking. So on, on that very objective level, it's going up. Now, of course, what we don't know is, is it just more people are reporting it now? Yeah. Is it just that more people are, their basic survival needs are taken care of so they can move to worrying about other things? Um, my guess is it's a little of everything, but our world is sort of anxiety producing. And I, and I don't think we can discount, you know, a lot of people point towards the, the social media piece of anxiety, right? Because it's very easy at any minute, I can look at the best of someone else's life hop on Instagram and I can see the best of everybody else's life. And then I compare it to my life. And there was a phrase I heard early on in recovery. Don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. And that we have an epidemic of that because I can look online and be like, God, everything looks great about them. Mm -hmm. And inside I feel terrible and I, and, but I don't know how they feel. Right. And so, yeah, I do think anxiety is, and we're so busy. Thing is, things are happening so fast. And I think that, that, that feeds anxiety also. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, just if you were to define, and, and maybe this is silly to, to ask this, but, you know, how would you define or, or uh, you know, kind of illustrate anxiety versus, well, I just, I worry about things frequently and I ruminate on them and, and that sort of thing. Where, mm-hmm. what, I mean, anxiety, obviously, you know, outside of social anxiety, but anxiety can be crippling. Uh, for some folks, it can be. I think that I, I, I think that the line where you go from I, we could use different terms for it, but but the delineation I would make is there's a. Of course, we have to think about things. We have to plan for things, and we should worry about things to some extent. And by worry, I mean anticipate certain future situations that might be problematic, and have a plan of action. So you know. That's, that's, part, that's a natural part of what being human is. What, what becomes problematic is what you said, which is rumination. Yeah. 
when I am spe- when I have thought about the same topic seventy five times, and I'm not covering any new ground with it. It's not like I'm you know as long I, I always think for myself when I am if I keep thinking about something but I'm overturning new things or I'm covering new ground or I'm having new insights, then that's productive thinking. But when I'm covering the same ground over and over and over and there's nothing new coming up, then I'm kind of into rumination. And rumination leads to depression and anxiety. The other thing about anxiety often, though, what can be so debilitating about it is that a lot of times we don't know what it is. It's generalized anxiety. I feel really anxious, but I couldn't tell you why or what. Mm. You know, so that, that's, a, that's another challenge. And a lot of people more and more are believing, you know, more, or at least several people I've talked to lately and read lately, the theory is starting to emerge that anxiety is a, it's a way of avoiding other emotions. That if I can flip up into my head and worry, I don't feel other emotions. Mm. And so that if I can stop that process and I can kind of drop, well, what's going on underneath? What am I feeling or afraid to feel? Am I scared? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I? And again, I don't think that's always true. These comp- these things that we talk about, like anxiety or depression or addiction, they are not a thing. They're not a thing like prostate cancer is a thing. Yeah, that you can sort of look at. They are syndromes and complexes caused by so many factors that we don't begin to understand. So my anxiety and yours and depression, but there are some principles we know that tend to help most people who have them. And so, um, so I hate to you know, go too deep into, you know, saying, right, this is what you do with anxiety, because I barely know the person and their anxiety. But, but, you know, stopping the rumination is an important thing. However, you can do that is really important. Uh, is there, is there any books that you recommend on the topic? Um, there's a on anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I just read it. We just read a great one lately. And I can't remember the name of it. Um, While you're thinking about it, let me yeah. let me talk about it because yeah. we're nearly out of time here. Uh, it, it's uh, I want to make sure that if you're in your podcast player right now, you just do a quick search uh, for Eric's podcast, and it's the one you feed. You'll recognize as a. Uh, I really love the cover art. It's got the two wolves on either side. You know, one's this snarling, uh, angry one. And the other one looks a little bit more chill. And um, Eric, uh, <laughs> it's a great show. You've been around for a while. Uh, you and I were at the very first podcast movement. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we've kind of bumped into each other over the years. And you're also a TEDx speaker. And uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, any luck on the book? We'll do yeah. We'll, if, yeah. If we the, the Wisdom of Anxiety. The Wisdom of Anxiety. That sounds cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look that one up. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your success um, as a coaching practice and congratulations on, you know, making that early investment into podcasting early on so that you can, you know, build, do so much good in the world while you build a a huge community and and personally help a, a lot of great people. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
we pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.